about pray with me? And let's just ask God to be a part of our day here today, and let's ask God to move and work, and, and you know the things going on in your life, and God knows the things going on in your life, and, and so just ask God to speak to you, ask him to open your heart where you need to hear from him, ask him to convict you or to comfort you, just, just tell God that your heart is present today and that you are wanting to hear from him today. So just maybe take 30 seconds to a minute and say your own prayer to God, and then I will pray for us together. And please, if you're online, do the same. I know it can be weird on your couch or, or in the bathroom or wherever you are, but just uh, do the same thing there. Father, you know each person here and you know what we bring. You know what's on our hearts. You know the joys. I know some have had celebrations this week that they are thankful for and some are feeling hurt and some are feeling uh, maybe just confused or weight of the various things that are facing them right now in their life. But God, you see our hearts. That is the God that we pray to. We know that we have a Father that sees our hearts, that sees our lives, that sees our world and cares. And so, God, we bring all of that to you today, and it is an act of faith that we are here. It's an act of faith that we are here gathering today saying we want to hear your voice. It's an act of faith that we are here today saying we believe that you have something to speak to us and that we can't do our lives by ourselves. And so God, we are asking you that you would meet us here today, that your word would bring comfort to us, that your word would pierce our hearts where we need that, that your word would break what needs to be broken, that it would build up what needs to be built up. We are saying that we need you and we believe that you are here and a God that wants to meet with us, that wants to shape us, that wants to form us in our hearts. And God, we, we don't just need you in our private individual lives. We need you as a community. And we want to be people that love each other well in community. God, I'm, I'm thinking right now, just as our, our nation kind of ramps up in this political season, and I know, God, that there can be division and tension and hard family conversations and hard work conversations and, and all sorts of difficulty and tension and division that happens through politics. And God, we ask you to make us a people that are gracious, to make us a people that are empathetic, to make us a people that care about what you care about to make us a people that are bonded together by our love for you and our love for each other, not by our political affiliation. And God, I know for many, we don't care at all about politics and we just push it aside and can have a cynicism, an apathy. Lord, I pray that you would give all of us hearts that care about your world. Help us to see things the way that you see things. 
Help us to have convictions in the ways that you want us to have convictions. God, we need you for for all the various things in our lives. Lord, I'm thinking again about the fires that are plaguing the West Coast and, and still in some parts of Colorado. Lord, we ask that you would quiet those fires that you would allow the good churches in those areas to meet needs in the ways that you want them to, to care and serve and love people, to bring comfort to those that are hurting through the fires, to, to see with your eyes and find ways to care. So God, we bring all of this to you, knowing that you are God that hears us and wants us to pray to you, wants us to speak to you. Pray that you would help me to speak your word in the way that is faithful and that you would make this time fruitful for us. In your name, Jesus, amen. Well, we are in a series going through the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is one of the most practical books in the Bible, helping us to see what it means to have wisdom. And we've looked at a lot of different things. We've looked at parenting and we've looked at marriage and dating and we've looked at friendship and we've looked at work and we've looked at all these different areas that Proverbs speaks to saying that the foundation of all wisdom is that the fear of the Lord, that it is to know God, to love God, to be in relationship with God, to have worship of God. And in that, all other things, uh, we can have wisdom when we start at that place. When we start with knowing, loving, worshiping, bringing our life to God, then we can begin to have wisdom in all the other areas in life. And today we're going to talk about decisions and our plans. And in many ways, we are a product of the decisions that we make. In a lot of ways, you and I are who we are because of various decisions that we have made. And I know that's not 100% true. Some people have made decisions for you and you had no choice to be born. You just were. And yet, so much of who you are today is a product of the decisions that you have made. You're here today because of decisions that you made. You're wearing the clothes you are wearing because of the decisions that you made, or maybe your parents made for you if they tell you what you have to wear, or your, uh, for those of you that are kids, or your spouse maybe told you what you had to wear, but you are, you are here today in large part because of the decisions you made. I don't know if you ever saw, there's an old movie, I, can't, I think it's called um, Sliding Doors or something, but it's this woman that gets on a train, it's an old rom-com movie, and she gets on a train, in one part she gets on the train, and in another part she misses the train. So sliding doors of the train, right? And, so, and it shows how her life plays out even just from that small decision of what would happen if she was late or if she was on time. Or there's a Nicolas Cage movie, as all Nicolas Cage movies, it's one of the greatest ever made. And it's, uh, it's uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a family man, I think is what it's called, right? You've seen that one, that one was more popular. And it's the same thing, it kind of shows what would have happened if he married this girl and kind of pursued a career there, I don't remember the whole thing. Or what would have happened if he found the treasure and, you know, whatever, found out that the Masons ruled the world. Something, I might be getting some of his movies confused. But the idea with both of those movies is that the decisions that we make lead to the life that we have. And you can probably look at your life and go, man, if I would have chosen this college, things would have wound up different. If I would have pursued marriage with that person, which I wanted, man, my life would have ended up different. 
if I would have taken that job, if I wouldn't have moved to this city, what would, be, what would things be like now? If I hadn't made those friends, what would life be like today? Many ways we are a product of the decisions that we make, which means they're important. And we face choices all the time. Sometimes we don't know how important the decisions are that we make until afterwards and we look back and say, wow, that was a mistake and look what it did. Or wow, that was a great choice and look what it did. We make them all the time. Some of you have decisions you're facing today that you're kind of wondering, what do I do about this? What do I do about this? You might have decisions about a job. You might have decisions about dating. You might have decisions about your kids and what choices you're going to make. I know many of us had to make choices about schooling. You may have decisions about uh, all sorts of, uh, if you're going to have that conversation or not have that conversation, if you want to push for that position or promotion or not, if you want to take that role or not, if you want to save money for this or not, if now's the right time to do this or not, we have decisions, and some of you are facing decisions right now. Some of us are just indecisive. There's decisions that you should be thinking about, but you've just kind of put it off the table and just, nah, I'm not going to decide on that right now. And right now, a lot of times that time grows longer and longer and longer, but we want to make good decisions. We know that our lives are a product of the choices that we make in many ways, and so we want to make good decisions, even not just to make good decisions. We want to know God's will. If you're a Christian, you want to know God's will and to say, I want to be making choices that are aligning with him and what he wants for me. I want to know what God's will is. And so today we're going to talk about how to make better decisions. And there's going to be six things that I give to us that really just build a framework for making better decisions on how you make better decisions. And so if you've got something in front of you right now, if you've got something in front of you that you're trying to decide about, think through these things and go kind of like, okay, am I doing this? Am I not doing this? Or what do I need to do here? If you've got nothing in front of you, you've got no decisions in front of you, maybe there's a problem. But if not, if you've got no decisions in front of you at all, this is still the framework we need to develop in order to make good decisions because we're faced with choices and decisions all, all the time. And I would also say this, I think these six principles in a lot of ways are counter to a lot of the advice or wisdom that we hear on how to make decisions. A lot of times that's true. The Bible's wisdom is very different than a lot of the things that we hear. And so don't be surprised if things are maybe different from what you have heard before. Okay, so how do we make better decisions? Six things. Number one, make plans. Now that might seem obvious. If you talk about making decisions, part of my first point is just you have to make a plan. You have to think through proactively and actually make good decisions and use good judgment and make plans. Here's what Proverbs 24, 27 says. Complete your outdoor work and prepare your field. Afterward, build your house. Now that might seem like, huh? But really it's just saying, put first things first. Before you build a house and you haven't even done yet the work to get the ground ready and prepare it, before you do that, you need to put first things first, which is just saying this, just take that simple principle and say this, God cares and God wants to speak into helping us prioritize our life. Proverbs 21.5 says this, the plans of the diligent certainly lead to profit, but anyone who is reckless 
certainly becomes poor. Now, it's not saying that all poverty is a result of bad decisions, but it is saying that the plans of the diligent certainly lead to profit, that there's often a correlation between your diligent planning and the success in your life. So here's what I want to just do with those two verses is what we see here in Proverbs is that plans are godly. Making plans is good. Making plans is wise. God cares about you prioritizing. God cares about you making plans. And I think that's important to say, even if maybe in some sense that sounds obvious because it can be, it can feel unspiritual to talk about planning. It can feel like, ah, does God really care about my organization and my to-do list and my, my plan for my, does God really care about that? And he does. God cares about us making plans. Often we think maybe that's unspiritual or maybe we're scared to commit to something. And so we don't make plans. We're scared to actually say, here's what my plan is going to be because we've made plans before and they, they fail or they don't turn out the way we thought. And so we've given up on it all together. But an unplanned life, an unplanned life is living reactively. If you don't plan your life, if you don't, as Proverbs says, have diligent plans, instead you live recklessly, which means just kind of haphazardly, whatever happens. If you don't plan your life, things will still happen. It's just reactive. If you don't make a plan for your work, for your family, for your school, for your marriage, for your career, for all sorts of things, if you don't make a plan Life just happens to you instead of you diligently saying, what does it mean to live with wisdom? I mean, if you are going to wage war, which Proverbs talks about a lot as we talk about decisions, if you're going to wage war, you're obviously going to make a plan. You're not going to just say, well, let's just gather whatever sort of guns we have and go. Like, you're, they're going to make a plan. And if you are going to start a business, you're going to make a, and maybe some of you have, you're going to make a business plan. And if you are going to go to school, you meet with uh, an admissions counselor, and this is true in high school and college, and they walk you through a plan to make sure that your degree is able to be completed and you're able to get the things that you need to get at the right time. If you are going to play football, my son's in football right now, they have a game plan and they have plays. So all the more so, war, school, football, how much more so does your life matter? How much more so does your family matter? How much more so does your relationship with God and your marriage matter? How much more so does your faith and your spiritual development matter? How much more does just the whole course of your life and what it's going to be about matter? Proverbs says, make plans. That's the first thing. Second thing is this, don't trust yourself. Do not trust yourself. We think that we are right. We think that the way we think about things is right. We think that the way that we view our plans is right. Here's what Proverbs says. And there's many verses I could show you in this, but I just want to give you a sample of in all these sections. 21.2 says, All a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs the heart. 
all a person's ways seem right to him. You think you're thinking about things correctly. You, you, a thought never comes into my mind and I go, I'm pretty sure I'm stupid on this, but this is what I'm gonna believe. We, everything that I think, I think is right. And everything I feel, I think is right. All a person's ways seem right to him. There's no way to escape that. All a person's ways seem right to him. Proverbs 14, 12 and 16, 25 both say the same thing. There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. We are often told to look inside if you want to make a good decision. We are told whatever it is that you are facing and, and, and the question is asked, well, what does your heart say? Look inside. You gotta go deep inside and figure out what is your heart telling you? There's never been a Disney movie that has ever said, and the person said, you know, I, I need to look inside and figure out what my heart is telling me to do. And they said, no, don't do that, you idiot. No one's, that's never been in any inspirational movie. They always tell you, look inside. What is your heart saying? That's how you know the right way to go is look deeper inside and then you will know what to do. Listen to your emotions. Listen to your mind. Listen, listen to your inner voice and that's your guide. Proverbs says, only a fool does that. Proverbs says, of course, everything that you think and everything that you feel seems right to you. It does to all of us. It's inescapable. And Proverbs says very counterculturally, do not trust yourself. Do not look inside. Do not do you. It leads to death. If you lean on yourself and listen to your heart, you end up with a life that is only the outcome of what you can give and nothing more. So listen, if your instinct in decisions that you're making, maybe even right now, if your instinct is, this is a very personal decision. This is something that I just need to figure out for myself. If you've said those words or kind of operated in that ethos, Proverbs would say, that is a way that leads to death. Number three, how to make better decisions. Proverbs says we need to get the right, and that's important, we need to get the right counsel. Proverbs 15.22 says, plans fail when there is no counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. 2018, finalize plans with counsel and wage war with sound guidance. We all have blind spots. This is part of why we can't trust ourselves. We, we all have blind spots. There's, there's things that you do not know. There's things that you cannot see in yourself. Even if you just think of a super easy illustration that if you've got something in your teeth, you can't see that, right? You need someone else to say, hey, you've got something in your teeth. You've got something in your nose. You've got something on the back of your head. It's a bad day for that person, right? It's like, you've got stuff all over you. But you can't see them. There's blind spots that we all have. And Proverbs is saying, don't trust yourself, but not just don't trust yourself and therefore just sit in a room and, and, and just go crazy, but you need to get the right counsel in your life. 
You have to have people speaking into your life that you allow to speak into your life that are good, godly, and wise. You have to have the right counsel, Proverbs says. Proverbs says, wage war with sound guidance because it's not just anybody that we should listen to. For some of you, your mom will support you no matter what. And she's the one that you call when you're trying to make a decision. And I'm not saying don't call your mom. Moms, I'm not saying that on Facebook if you're listening. But sometimes if, that, if you only ask or you've got those friends, right? You've got that bestie, you've got that person. And no matter what, sometimes we even think that's what good friendship is, is I'll support you no matter what. That's not what this is saying. It's saying we need good counsel. We need godly counsel. We need sound advice. Listen, are there people that you are afraid to ask what they think and you know that you should ask what they think? I'm not saying everyone you're afraid of that you should ask, but are there people that you go, I should ask them, but I know what they're gonna say and I don't wanna hear it. That instinct in you probably says you are intentionally shutting off godly wisdom in your life. We need sound wisdom. We need wisdom. We need counsel in our lives. And with that, here's what that means. It doesn't mean informing people of a decision. It doesn't mean informing people of a decision that has basically already been made and you're just kind of checking a box. Do you inform or invite? Inviting is saying, I haven't made my plan yet. I haven't, as Proverbs says, waged the war yet. It's, it's, not, it's not complete. I've got some ideas. I've got some thoughts. But I actually want your input. I'm inviting, not just informing. I'm not saying, oh yeah, I, I know that Proverbs says I'm supposed to have other people speak into this. So I want to let you know, here's what I'm doing. Just wanting to let you know, because I'm supposed to have other people know about this. There's a big difference between informing and inviting, actually saying, what should I do about this? What do you think about this person? Really, I truly, I want your, I want your advice. Do you think I should be with this person? Do you, think I should do you think I should take that job? Do you think that this is a wise choice for my family? Do you think I should spend money on this? I really, I want to hear from you and giving people permission to speak to you. Inviting not informing. Huge difference. Number four is, and maybe obviously, but I think there'll be some things in here that are unobvious, is we should listen to God. If we're trying to make better decisions, we don't just want to listen to ourselves. We don't want to just listen to godly counsel. We want to actually come to God's word and listen to him and what he says directly to us. 29.18 says, without revelation... People run wild, but one who follows divine instruction will be happy. 16, two through three says, all a person's ways seem right to him, but the Lord weighs motives. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. To commit our activities to him is to, before we even do them, say, God, these belong to you. I'm giving these to you. I want to know what you say about these. Without revelation, people run 
wild, but one who follows divine instruction will be happy. I think that's interesting because a lot of times we actually, running wild is actually the goal that we want. We think, if I, say, if I said, hey, I'm starting a new company, it's called Run Wild, you would think that was awesome. Well, maybe, but I mean, I bet there's a company that exists that's called that. And that means like freedom. We think that's a good thing. We like the idea of wide open spaces and running wild and do what you want to do and be free. We, that is a positive value of ours. Proverbs actually says that the way to joy comes from restraint. Without revelation, people run wild, but one who follows, that's a constraint, but one who follows divine instruction will be happy. This is saying, don't run wild. Don't just follow your heart. Don't just follow your dreams. Don't just follow your dream board. Don't follow your heart. Follow him. Don't fit God in where it aligns with your running wild, but surrender to him. Listen, I, I'm not saying your dreams all are awful and suck and all your goals. Are, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, what is your real position? Is it, I want to run wild and just do whatever I want and follow my heart. And okay, if God fits into that, if God's a piece of my dream life, awesome. If God's adding some level of satisfaction to the life that I want, great. Or is your heart posture? I want to follow your instruction. I want you to reveal yourself to me. I want to be someone that follows, not someone that's free. I want to be someone that is saying all of my activities, all of my ways, God, those are yours. I commit them to you. Now, I make plans. Now, I have goals. Now, I have dreams. After I've brought everything to you and said, God, I commit to you. Proverbs says, if you want to make better decisions, it's not looking inside. It's not just following your dreams. It is following. It even says, the one who follows divine instruction will be happy. This is the way to happiness. I'm not saying this is this awful grudging thing. It's this is the way to true joy is to have a God that loves you and cares about you and saying, I want to follow you. I want to listen to what you say. I want my life to be shaped by the good, all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful God. I want my life to be shaped by you, so speak to me. Proverbs says, you want wisdom in your decisions? Listen to God. Now, let me say this because I know that that can be a confusing thing. How do you know the voice of God? Sometimes you, you, some of you right now may be trying to make decisions and saying, okay, I'm supposed to listen to God. So how do I listen to God? How do I know if he's speaking, if he's not speaking? What's his voice? How do, how do I know? Here's what we often do. We think that maybe the voice of God works through signs. And so you're praying about something and, and you know, you're praying about a job opportunity and, and then you you see a billboard for that company and you say, there it is. That's what that, I'm supposed to take that job. Or there's certain person you're interested in, certain somebody, certain guy, certain gal, and you're interested in them. And then their favorite song comes on the radio and you say, there it is. I'm supposed to be with them. 
(laughs) Or maybe just open doors. Maybe it's not so dramatic as that, that we often talk about open doors. God opened a door for me to come here. God opened a door for this opportunity. God opened a door and therefore that's God's will. We don't listen to God's instruction through signs and open doors. All these, all these backs of these cars are open right now. Does that mean that's an open door for you to walk through? I don't think so. There's, I mean, literally that door is open. That door is open. I mean, if you just use that language, there's open doors everywhere. There's no shortage of opportunity. That doesn't mean that that's what God is speaking to you and saying, come this way. That's just an opportunity that exists. Sometimes we think about God's will and trying to hear God's voice, maybe not through the opportunities externally, we think internally through our sense of peace. You believe that you made the right decision because you feel peace about it. Or you believe it's the wrong decision because you don't feel peace about it. That's not in the Bible. We're never told to discern God's will through our feelings of peace or our lack of peace. Many, many people make decisions based on their sense of peace. Jesus, making the best decision of all time, going to the cross, sweated blood in the garden. That doesn't sound very peaceful. You can feel peace about all sorts of wrong decisions. You can drink a bottle of vodka and feel peace about all sorts of stupid texts that you shouldn't send. Right? Peace is not the equivalent of God's will. Or maybe we just think less about peace and signs and open doors and we think just maybe more plainly, God wants me to be happy, so dot, 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 whatever that might be. I know God wants me to be happy, so, but none of that is how we discern God's will. The way that we discern God's will is exactly what Proverbs says right here. Without revelation, which means it is revealed to us. Without revelation, people run wild, but one who follows divine instruction. God is an instructor. God is a teacher. God, listen, God is not a scavenger hunt coordinator. That's not what God is. God is not a scavenger hunt coordinator placing all these things and then you find the right clues and you go, yes, I know God's will. And God goes, whew, I'm glad you paid attention. God is a good father. God is a good father or a good teacher that instructs. He tells us his will. In all the things that matter in your life, God has spoken absolutely clearly and told you his will. If you just go through the Bible and do a, you can do a Google search on this and just type in the will of God is in the Bible, there's a million verses that will pop up and tell, not a million, I'm exaggerating, but there's tons of verses that will pop up and say, the will of God is that you should be thankful. The will of God is your holiness. The will of God is that you abstain from sexual immorality. The will of God is, I mean, it will go on and on and on and on. And you don't even need that phrase in front of it. Anything that God says in his word His word is his instruction to us, his will to us, revealed to us. Think about yourself. You would never be, if you wanted someone to know your will to make decisions. I mean, I've got kids. I never make them guess what my will is. If you wanted someone to know, you wouldn't say, okay, I'm gonna let you know, but do you feel any peace right now? 
Ah, you figured it out. You would never do that. You would never just open doors and leave, unless you were playing games. God isn't trying to play games with you. God, Proverbs says, reveals. God instructs. God teaches. God is a good father. So Proverbs says if we want wisdom to make better decisions, we must listen to God and God reveals his will, which means this for us. If you're making a decision, you have to answer this question. Probably many of you here, I've asked you this question. If you've come to me and asked me advice on something, you have to answer this question. How am I thinking through this biblically? In all the decisions that you are making, how am I thinking through this biblically? Am I? Is that even a gauge? Is that even something that comes on my radar or am I just thinking about my peace or God wants me to be happy or well, there's an open door? Or am I actually saying, what does God say about this? Our decisions have to be formed there if you want the joy and the freedom that a life listening and following God can come from. Let me just ask you one last question on this point. This maybe just helps you gauge this. Have any choices of yours recently been different because you asked that question? Meaning, was there a way that you were thinking about going, a way that you wanted to go, a direction that you were intending to do, and then it went different because you actually said, I'm gonna listen to what God says instead. I'm gonna ask, what does God say? If you can't point to some regularity of that, maybe you are actually just following your own way. Maybe. Number five, plans come from the heart. 16.9 says, a person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. A person's heart plans his way. It means not just our minds, but from our hearts, from the center, from the core of who we are, come our decisions and our plans. 11.3 says, the integrity, so that's a character thing or a heart thing, the integrity of the upright character, per, per, uh, it's a character attribute, excuse me, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the perversity of the treacherous destroys them. So that is saying from our character, from our heart come our choices. It's not just that the upright make upright decisions. It's saying that the integrity of the upright, this character attribute that already exists, this disposition, this heart posture that is already present, that is what leads them and guides them. Which means this, our plans come from our heart, which means most of our life is spillover. Most of our life, you don't sit down and say, what does God say about this? What does God say about should I order tacos or enchiladas? What does God say about should I do this or do that? Does God say I should go left? Does God say I should go right? Most of our life is not that. Most of our life is spillover. You are making, I don't, I don't know, let's say a million at least choices every single day. I mean, little tiny choices. And most of our life is spillover. It's when we come to those big decisions that often we have to think, okay, what does God actually say about this? But most of our life is spillover. It's just overflow. It's just kind of coming out of our heart, out of our character, out of our identity, 
out of who we are. You go to counseling and you're going to pay thousands of dollars. And I'm not saying, I'm not making fun of counseling. Don't, don't hear that. But if you go to counseling, you're going to pay thousands of dollars to hear the counselor say, yeah, that's because of your parents. Which means you're making all these choices and all these decisions and all these things flowing out of some internal thing that has been formed, not because you're saying, so my dad really hurt me with that, so now I'm gonna do this. My mom really always you know, shamed me, and so now I think I'm going to drink too much. You're not making choices like that. It's just life is spillover, it's overflow, out of the way that we have been formed, out of our heart, is what Proverbs says, which means this. How are you being shaped? How are your values and goals and identity and character? What is shaping that right now? If most of our life, this, this in some ways should kind of freak you out that most of the choices that you make, you don't actually consciously make. However, you have power to decide what is going to form my heart then? What am I going to allow to be the formative influence like Parents, what am I going to let be the formative voices and shaping factors that change not just the choices I make, but the heart that I have? If our plans come from our character, if our plans come from our heart, then we want to bring our heart to God and say, change me, shape me. Let me love what you love. Let me care about what you care about so that even without thinking, that unconsciously I'm following you. Let me love what you love. God, change my heart to be a heart that loves you and cares about you and loves your people and values what you value so that the normal woof and wharf of my life is I want to follow you. Our hearts make our plans. What's shaping you right now? And then finally, how to make better decisions. Number six is we must release. We need to make a choice and then ultimately release that to God. 27.1 says, don't boast about tomorrow for you don't know what a day might bring. You can make all the plans you want but you ultimately don't know what a day might bring. 16.9 says, a, hurt, a, a person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. We plan our way, but ultimately, the Lord determines the steps that we have. 16.4 says, the Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster, which means even the worst things in our life God has a purpose for. God is working in them. 2024 says, even a courageous person's steps are determined by the Lord. So how can anyone understand his own way? Which is to say, even the person with the most kind of plan and go get it attitude and type A, even the most courageous, willing to go for it, make the plan, make the, solve the solution, even that person, God's determining their steps. Which means this, we must release 
control. Our plans, though good, we should make plans, are limited. They're limited. We get freak pandemics that change the whole course of this year. We get freak snow days a few days ago that kill our gardens, if you're into that, or, or they just changed plans. You get crazy things. that we, You get tragedies. You get car accidents. You get things that you did not see coming all the time. Therefore, we must release control and know that even though we're not in control, God is. Listen, when, when the plans for your life, when the plans for your kids and the plans for your jobs and the plans for your marriage and the plans for your health and the plans for your year and the plans for your vacation and the plans for your day, don't go the way that you want them to go. Don't go the way that you thought it would go. You need to know that God is working even in the worst things, Proverbs says. God has a purpose. God is working. God is active. We may not have control, but he does. That's true of the past things in your life, and it's true of the present things in your life, and it's true of the things to come. We make our plans. We do our best. We use our judgment. We use wise counsel. We listen to what God says, and yet we hold loosely, knowing there's so much I don't know. There's so much uncertainty, but I know that God's in control. I know that he is working and preparing and has a purpose and is active and that nothing surprises him. We are surprised all the time. Nothing surprises him, which means we can release regret meaning even the mistakes and the places that you've blown it, you can say, God can take that and use it for good. You can release worry, knowing that you are not in the future and can't see it, but God is and does. And you can release needing all of your plans to work out the way you want them to. Because he's in control. So how do we make good decisions? How do we make better decisions? Here's the key principle that really undergirds all of that. I gave you six things, but really here's the main idea. Here's, here's the foundational principle for all of that. The way to make good decisions is mainly about trust. It's mainly about trust. Proverbs 3 says it this way, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight. It's mainly about trust. When we trust God, we don't trust ourselves. When we trust God, we seek out godly people that are going to help us understand his word better. When we trust God, we, we listen to him and say, what does he say about things? When we trust God, we want him to shape our heart from the inside out. When we trust God, we're able to release all the plans and decisions that we make. Making good decisions, in some sense, is less about making good decisions and is more about trusting a good God. So let me close with this. If it's primarily about trust, how do we trust him? 
if, if Proverbs says, trust him with all, trust in the Lord with all your heart, that's a big command. If I told you, trust me with all your heart, you might go, I'll trust you with something, but I don't know about all my heart. And that's, that's a big command. Trust with all your heart. How do we do that? When we come to take communion, you know what we're remembering? Jesus' body broken, his blood shed. That's what gives us the proof we need to trust him. That Jesus, and I mentioned this earlier, in the garden says, not my will, but your will be done, Father. That Jesus trusted God. That Jesus went to the cross into the unknown, into darkness, into even being separated from his father for a time, that Jesus entered into that on our behalf. And now he says, trust me with all your heart because you can see what I've done for you. Trust me with all your heart. When you are surrendering to God, when you are trusting God, you are not trusting the universe. You're not trusting fate. You're not even just trusting God in some abstract way. You are trusting a savior who made every choice on our behalf, who himself surrendered for us. And then in that calls us to surrender to him. So when you take communion, this is the God that we can trust. Remember that. When you take communion today, I want you to just take some time and pray. God, let my heart be shaped by you. Let my heart be formed by you. If, if you've made wrong choices or things that you have felt the Holy Spirit convict you of, confess those. And also just ask him to remind you, I can trust you. This is what you did for me. Your body broken for me, your blood shed for me. I can trust a God that would do this for me. I can trust a God that would walk into the chaos for me. I can trust a God that would come from heaven to earth for me. I can trust with all my heart a God that would give me all his heart. Take a moment, pray. You can also use this time to take a next step to pray and Ask God what your next step here is, whether that's to get in a community group or to give or serve. So take a couple minutes.